Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome into the CHGO Blackhawks podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top rated sportsbook. Download the app. And use promo code CHGO when you sign up. I'm Jay Zawoski with Greg Boyson and Mario Tirabasi. And on a big day for CHGO Sports, we announced this morning our partnership with Io DeSunmu. It's really exciting that he's going to be part of our Bulls coverage. We land an interview with the president of business operations and CEO of the Chicago Blackhawks, Jamie Faulkner and Danny Wirtz. And we're going to share that interview with you guys in moments. It happened uh, this morning around 11.30, and I think it went really well, so I think you'll be excited to hear that. Um, but before we get into it, I uh, want to preview it a little bit. We got into a ton. Um, we got into Eddie Olchek. We got into the future of the logo. We got into uh, the power structure uh, of the organization. We got into the reverse retro jerseys. I feel like we didn't miss too much. I don't think so. Now that we've had like an hour to reflect, is there anything you feel like we maybe could have asked that didn't? I'm trying to. I guess we could have maybe rebrought up the Kyle Beach situation, but I feel like it's been addressed. Yeah, and the action I, has been taken. I and, think you know, it's you know it's interesting because we we were talking about that. I think it is something that in this setting, it's not something that you can just. It's like oh okay, it's brush it under the rug. Like no, it's 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 not that. It's right. not like that. But I think in this setting, um, in a, if we were to bring up that scenario again that 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 situation and, and and the fallout and everything what new things would they be saying that haven't already been right. expressed through through them through the team any anything like that um you know they're they're not going to come out and say oh yeah well we're welcoming Kyle Beach back to the team that's not that's that's not the reality so I, so yeah i i think us bringing that up wouldn't have garnered anything uh new and then, I think there's there's definitely different ways in which that can still be kept in mind um, in the right channels. So yeah, yeah. There's no reason to talk about it until maybe they have a new policy they want to share to help prevent it or anything like that. But bringing it up is just it's just reopening wounds at this point. Yeah, and it's also just like Mario said, it's it gives them the opportunity to restate the what's been stated over and over mm-hmm. again. Um, look, none of us will ever get over what happened to Kyle Beach, especially Kyle Beach. Let's stay right. focused. It's not about us or anybody else. It's about Kyle Beach. But um, I feel like the topic has sort of been exhausted, and they've done the right things. The people that were in power at the time are no longer in power, aside from Rocky Wirtz, um, right. of course, but can't really fire an owner, I suppose. Which we did talk about. Yes, so, we did. We got into uh, Rocky's was... uh, role, past and present with the team, and a whole lot more. So before we get to it, I know we don't usually give you our uh, our sponsors this early, but uh, it's a 33-minute interview. Uh, there's <laughs> video, so you don't have to leave the YouTube. Make sure you smash that like button, by the way, if you're on the YouTube channel. We want to tell you about our friends at Green Ridge Farm. And the other day, went to Pete's Fresh Market there on Harlem. Pizzas. Got myself the, uh, the, the chili beef sticks. Mm. Mm-hmm. My daughter said, can I have one bite of that? 
And I said, maybe. <laughs> and she took a bite and she went and grabbed one. I'm like, damn it. Uh. One fewer beef stick for me. But Green Ridge Farm is a Chicago local meat and cheese company offering you a better all-natural option. Makers of all-natural deli meats, sausages, and, of course, the famous meat sticks, which are perfect for tailgating, happy hour, School lunches, everything, they're all natural. Hardwood smoked for eight hours with 16 grams of protein per stick. They come in chicken, black forest beef, and flavors like jalapeno cheddar. And the one I got, the spicy chili, absolutely amazing. If you haven't tried them yet, you really don't know what you're missing. Go to GreenRidgeFarm.com. Put three meat products in your cart, then add the, the, the meat sticks. Use the code CHGO at checkout, and those meat sticks will be free. That is a phenomenal deal from our friends at Green Ridge Farm. You can always find Green Ridge Farm in the refrigerated section at Costco, Sam's Club, or in your local Chicagoland grocery store. Green Ridge Farm, simply natural meat. It's going to be a big week at the United Center this weekend. The uh, Blackhawks open up the home portion of their schedule Friday night. They've got games on Sunday, Tuesday. they got a lot of games coming up, so if you want to go – and be at that opening night game. You want to be able to scream Detroit sucks at the top of your lungs the one time it's applicable. Yeah. Uh, I mean, <laughs> well, you, it's can, always you can do it right. anytime you, you want. Anytime <laughs> you want. But the one time that it makes most sense is when the Red Wings are in town. They'll be here Friday. You want to go to that game? Well, then you can check out our friends over at Game Time Tickets. Game Time is the hottest new ticketing site that makes it easier than ever to score the best deal on tickets to sporting events, concerts, and shows. Have you ever dreamed of sitting in a seat you never thought you could? Right on the glass, 200 level, right behind the Hawks bench. Well, it's possible with the Game Time app. The biggest last-minute price drops can be found on the seats that you thought you could never buy. You won't find a better deal this season on Blackhawk Tickets. Game time is created by the fans. It's for the fans. It guarantees the lowest possible price on tickets. I've been telling people all season, you want to go to a game, pick out the day you want to go while you're driving to the United Center. As hop a on game time. Yes. yes not while, you're, yeah, while you're sitting in the passenger seat of your favorite <laughs> friend's automobile, bring up the game time site by clicking on the link in our description and you're going to be able to find the best seats right up to puck drop and you're going to save a ton of money hey and if you find tickets cheaper on another site let them know they'll match it so they will give you the best deal in sports if you love chgo and you wouldn't be here if you didn't then you'll love game time (laughs) the best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in the podcast description here on youtube while you're hitting that like button, scroll down, you'll find the link. But you can also find it in wherever you're consuming this episode in the description. Click on the link and join over 15 million people who've downloaded the Game Time app and scored the best seats to all their favorite events. Kayla asked, do you guys think when Taves and Kane leave Chicago and are trying to retire, will they retire their jerseys or do something to honor them? You're about to find out. We, I mean, the easy answer is yes, <laughs> but, you can hear, you can but the extended answer will will be uh, will yes. be coming in a few minutes. You'll hear about that uh, straight from Danny Wirtz. That's nice one of the topics we. Yeah, definitely about. nice to see some new people in the chat Absolutely. as well. And make sure you smash that like button, like we said. All right, without further ado, let's get to our interview with Jamie Wirtz, nope. <laughs> Jamie, Jamie, Jamie Faulkner, Faulkner, and Danny Wirtz, uh, the president and CEO of the Blackhawks. Joining us now on the CHGO Blackhawks podcast is Jamie Faulkner, Blackhawks President of Business Operations and CEO Danny Wirtz. Thank you so much for having us into the offices today. It's uh, really exciting to be here and great to talk to you guys together for the first time. Absolutely. Thanks for uh, having us on the show and welcome to uh, 
Blackhawks headquarters. Thank you. There is so much to get to with you two, and uh, I, I, it's almost like as the three of us were preparing to start the interview, we got together, we made our Google Doc of like, what do we want to make sure we ask? And I know one thing on all of our minds, and I know it's a, a big night for you guys, is the Marion Hosa retirement ceremony. Um, he is a massive fan favorite, as you guys know, and uh, we're excited. The book's coming out, too, which is lovely. I kind of want to know, and I know our fans want to know, too, what is the process in deciding who gets a number retired? How does that whole thing work? Is it a committee? Is it a what's what's the, how, what is the plan of action for retiring a number? I think in this case, um, we will put more formalization going forward. But in this one, it was, frankly, I think just uh, the relationship with Marion over the years uh, with our family and the organization. I think a clear, um, as he retired, I think really understanding that, that, that he really did exemplify everything that was great about that era and everything that's great about being a Blackhawk. And I think it transcended his on-ice accomplishments. I think it really spoke to kind of just who he is as a person and, and, and how important he was outside of some of the superstars on our team to be that very important piece to win those championships. And so it's a conversation between, you know, my dad, Jamie and I, Kyle inputted and, and, you know, we talked about it over time and it kind of happened organically and naturally. Now going forward, we have a lot of other big decisions to make as it relates to retirements and things like that, which we'll probably have to put more, you know, structure around, but this one just, just felt right. And, um, you know, I think we're, we're really proud and, and excited about that, that night. Yeah. The, the only thing I will add is if I think about like, what are the things if I, first year that I could do over again, um, we had to, to break the news to him or get to tell him over zoom because we were still in COVID and I wish I had recorded it because he was surprised and just seeing his reaction was so sweet and he is still we're working with him right now on the planning for the event he is still thanking us for it he's so grateful I think sometimes I feel like he loves the fans more than the fans love him um, but it was a really great moment and it's been a, a lot of fun planning this special day for him I know there was some conversation about him potentially joining the team in some kind of role. It was left kind of vague about this time, maybe a little bit later last year. Is there any sort of update on that and, and him joining the team in some sort of official capacity? Yeah, we're having lots of ongoing conversations about it. Marion is really smart. He runs and has built his own business um, and, and now is overseeing several businesses um, beyond his primary, the food business that he has. And so he's got a lot to offer. Um, both on the hockey side and the business side. And so we're having a lot of conversations around what our plans are going forward. He's thinking through how he wants to be involved, but he definitely wants to be involved, um, but certainly also on the business side, not just the hockey side. I'm just going to grab this like this. That's the best way to do it. Uh, you did mention uh, going forward about Jersey retirements and, and, and honoring players and whatnot, um, that there's going to be a, a more formal process of it. Obviously, there's a lot of players in the current era or the last era of, of Blackhawks hockey with the three Stanley Cups that a lot of people believe will or should have their numbers retired. You can't retire every number. Have you guys put in any kind of consideration for some sort of like ring of honor type deal? Because that's something that we've kind of speculated about on the show for, for, for those guys, for those, those 2010 teams, like you can't, you can't retire everyone, but there's also no way you can't like not honor Nicholas Jalmerson or, Dave Bolin or things like that. Is that something you guys have considered? 100%. And I think um, really the with our 
centennial anniversary coming up, I think it's actually a perfect sort of deadline for us to get this in order. Because if you actually think about not only the, the last three cups and, and the amount of players that contributed to that and how to honor them, but there was also some really important eras throughout history that we've had amazing players and how do we connect each of those eras together and make that part of the Blackhawk experience. So um, we're in planning stages. I'm not sure if it will take the form of a ring of honor or a hall of fame or whatever it might be, but I do think we will formalize how we recognize and honor um, our, our great players. And, and I think that will, that will involve a lot of, you know, committee work to make sure we, it's a good process. Um, we'll find a way for fans to be able to participate and engage in that because you're absolutely right. It, it's a great problem to have where we have so many people to honor. Um, you know, now we just have to make sure we do it right and really make it, make it special. I think, oh, I just wanted to follow up one player. I think a lot of fans, um, would love to, you know, see honored, uh, is Corey Crawford. Has there been communication between the organization and him at all to do some sort of like remembrance night or one last shift or anything like that? Because, you know, he went to the devils, never actually played for them, but really hasn't since he retired, had much, you know, FaceTime with the Blackhawks. Is that something that you guys have been in contact with him about? Yeah. I mean, he's actually in the building more than you would think. He just keeps a very low profile when he's here for games. So, we're revisiting all the relationships with our alumni, our more recent alumni, going all the way back to, you know, alumni that, that have played for the Blackhawks years and years ago who still live here in Chicago. Um, I think our goal is that we have an incredible relationship with anybody who wore the sweater. Um, I think there are a lot of different ways that they want to be involved and that we can get them involved. We want it to be the right time. Um, I've had a number of conversations with like Duncan and Steve's about coming back, but both our boys who, who ironically are the same birth year playing hockey, which is fun to talk to them about. Um, they're very involved in their hockey schedule, right? So depending on their stage of life, where they live, we're trying to make it work. So it's something that, that they can sort of weave into their current life. But our plan is to, to bring them all back in some capacity. They all want to be back uh, just in the right capacity. And our fans will get to start to see a lot of them this year. I think when we did our legacy nights last year, they were wildly popular. We want to do more of those. Um, now is the time to just plan and figure out what's the best way to, to bring all the alumni back. The great news is we're going to start on opening night. We're going to have a lot of alumni here for opening night, which will be great. Um, so we're, we're going to kick it off then and then have them involved this season and, and beyond. Yeah, I think there's a lot between you know, the, the higher end events where we do a night dedicated to one player and frankly, just having alumni around more. And it's not just our, our Hall of Famers. It's it's the people that, you know, play the different eras that I think there's cult heroes in there. There's people that were your favorite player, even if they didn't, you know, reach that top level that I think we'll see a lot more of at Blackhawk Games. We're excited Friday night to welcome back a few folks, you know, whether it's Eric Daze, Ed Belfort, people like that, that, you know, I think mean a lot to a lot of Blackhawks. Next thing we want to ask you about, and this has been a, a, fans, you know, everyone's got their titles in the front office, you know, CEO, president of business operations, general manager, all those things. With the last regime with John McDonough and company, it was sort of vague on who was doing what and who was dictating what and how involved was John in the hockey ops and vice versa. What is the chain of command as it is organized today? Um, does business operations have a say in player transactions? Obviously, I don't think Kyle Davidson has any input on the business side, but how does that workflow uh, operate with the Blackhawks? Yeah, I think um, it, it's less 
hierarchical and rigid and more collaborative in nature. And that's now at the same time, accountability, you know, sits with Kyle for the hockey side, business for the, um, with Jamie. But I think it's a lot more collaborative than you would think. So, um, so by all means, when we were rolling out some of the marketing ideas we had, you know, Kyle and even Luke are part of those conversations. We want them to be part of the conversations. When Kyle is making a hockey decision, right, there's business impact. Now, it's not where there's overriding and things like that. It's, it's conversations, it's understanding, it's weighing options and impact and things like that. So I think it's actually a lot more of a collaborative process. But by, no, by all means, I think we've, we've ensured that... Um, you know, Kyle absolutely is the decision maker as it relates to hockey decisions. Jamie is the decision maker as it relates to all the business decisions. And ultimately, um, I'm accountable for making sure the whole thing works. Would you say that's accurate how we operate? Yeah. I mean, and, and I think it's great. And if somebody, if, if fans were spy on the wall here, they would see us often coming together, working on a variety of things, showing them the marketing plans. We were just talking to Luke about a cheer tunnel that we're adding in. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, we all want the same things. Mm -hmm. Um, And by the way, they all have something to contribute. Like there's a lot of smart people around this table and I think we want to get as many people involved in those decisions and feel like they're on board with it um, so that we can collectively deliver for the fans. How involved is uh, Rocky these days? So uh, we just spent a couple of days with him at the Board of Governors meeting. So Rocky is the chairman. He, he was the chairman before. Mm-hmm. You know, people forget that. He, he's, he's been chairman since he took over and, and had those great years of success. Um, but one of the, you know, philosophies he's always had in any of his businesses is he's not a micromanager. Um, he is a great empower of leaders. He hires great people um, and he lets them do their jobs. Now, he's always there to support. He's there to clear the roadblocks that we may face. Um, he's there for counsel. Obviously, he's got tremendous experience, not just with the Blackhawks, but across all of our businesses. So um, we keep him engaged. We keep him informed of things that are going on. But I think he is our biggest fan. He's our biggest supporter and is there to make sure that we're successful. Um, so, uh, yeah, no, no change in his role. And he's, he's as excited about this season and the path going forward as anyone else. How's your experience, Ben? Because you I've grown up with the guy. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's been great for me. Look, he he has all the historical perspective and knowledge, even beyond the last 10 years. Um, And that's really important. So as we're trying to decide what the next century of this franchise looks like, I need to understand what has happened in the background. He's also a really smart businessman. This is not the only business that he runs. So as we think about how we achieve those objectives, what type of resourcing we're going to need to do that, um, he, he's really, he's really great to go talk to and say, here are the things I'm thinking about. What are the watch outs? What are the things that we've tried before? Um, and sometimes that advice comes from what, what he sees in his other businesses. And sometimes it comes from, well, let me tell you how we've tried those things in the past and how I, how I ever understood they've worked. Um, so it's been really great for me, um, because, you know, you got to know where you were to figure out where you're going. And he's a big, a big piece of that, of that information history for us. So you would say as involved with this current regime as he was with the prior? Absolutely. In fact, okay. I think we, we inco- incorporate him into some of our conversations. And the, the good thing about my dad is I think even for some of the stuff that Jamie's bringing to the table, the sort of next-gen thinking, the technology, um, he's the first one to say he may not know how it all works, but he knows we need to be operating in that space. So he's as curious at age 70 as he is 
when he was 40. And so he wants to learn about, tell us what your RNFT strategy is. Tell us about our sort of new pricing strategy on tickets. Um, tell us about how we're going to use analytics and hockey. He's curious about those things and wants to, wants to learn as much as we're all learning in the process as well. Uh, speaking of that, what's the reaction been from your season ticket holders to now members? What's been the reaction to the change in the season ticket process of now becoming a, a member? Is, is that how you're terming it? I think it's been great. We, we feel like it's been great because the majority of people renewed. I'm not sure they actually believed us that we were going <laughs> to listen to them. They certainly didn't think we were going to lower prices. So I think that was a shock. When we added some of the game swaps in and some of the other, the other um, amenities, I think they were anxious to see how those will work. A lot of those are in motion now. Um, and we're continuing to listen because that was just the first start. So we're going to go into renewals, um, you know, starting the second half of the season. There are already some new things that we're going to continue to add that we're learning from them. Um, so it's been pretty good. I think we're also trying to add more access, more experience, more behind the scenes for them as well. Uh, and we want it to be like high touch for them in the sense of, they know their reps, they're getting the service that they need, they're getting their questions answered. Um, so I think for the most part, um, they're pretty happy. And where they're not, we're gonna listen, we're gonna get it fixed, and we're gonna make sure that they have a better experience with us the next time. See, just from our experience, we, we deal with the diehards a lot. And for the most part, they seem on board with the on ice plan of rebuilding and you know, kind of starting that next generation of Blackhawks hockey. Have you, have you received, I would say, I guess the question would be, you probably can't give it a percentage, but have most of the, has most of the feedback been positive towards rebuild or? I think it has yeah. because a lot of our avid fans have seen us go through the cycles of being at the rebuild and seeing the top of the mountain. So I think they have a lot of trust and confidence that we'll get there. I think Kyle doing, I think our fans seeing Kyle do what he says he's going to do, even in the short term has been really important, so they're buying in. And I laugh because when we released our tagline, like, ready to work, our fans started playing off of that. Like, the new tagline was, work hard for Bedard, or w whatever it might be. There's so some other ones, too, yeah. Or, or like, freaking <laughs> out. We win one game, and all of a sudden the fans are like, oh, the plan is gone awry, right? So, so we love it, right? They're very passionate. Um, we love to talk to them about this. So I, I actually think they're on board. And I think our newer fans who may have started with us in the last five years, I think they're having so much fun being part of this group, getting come to the games. Their families are having fun. They're creating new memories. Um, they're probably a little bit of a, okay, wait and see. But they all want to be part of being able to say, I was there when. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think there's a different point of view, depending on whether you're with us for 20 plus years or whether you're new to us, but uh, there's a lot of excitement all around. Yeah. And I think just being transparent about what we're doing and try to be as clear and transparent about why we're doing it. I think that's, that's a lot of it because, you know, as I'm learning, getting closer to the hockey side, there's a lot of things that don't make intuitive sense to an average fan about why you do things. The salary cap's a complicated Thing. So I think the more we can explain our thought process around decisions that we make, and I think Kyle's really good about being very direct and clear. He's clear and direct with us. He's going to be clear and direct with the fans, as you've seen, you know, in his interviews and how he's addressed, uh, you know, these questions and decisions he's made. While we're on the topic of the rebuild, one of the storylines or two of the storylines that we can't get away from, everybody wants to know, is obviously the future. Yeah. Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taves. It's a fluid situation. If it gets to that point where one or both of those guys is moved, how does that affect the business side of the operations? We obviously know what that's going to do to the on-ice product. 
and what they mean to this team. But how does that affect the business side if we have to say goodbye to one or both of those guys during the middle of the season? You know, it, it's a hypothetical that that exists by all means. Um, that 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 is a scenario that could play out. But I think, you know, for us, it's 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 really one day at a time, especially with those two, and ensuring that we keep the lines of communication open. There is no question. They, they are going to be, we're talking about honoring players, those two players are going to be bedrocks of this organization for the future for forever, right? They are going to be in the halls of history of this organization. So that doesn't change anything. Um, but this is the, the, the hard part in sports is when the, you know, the sort of um, the, the on-ice decisions affect the business and and, and all those things. And those are, those are unfortunately consequences. But what we can't do is, is sort of, you know, um, handicap or, or sort of hand tie, you know, Kyle's hands with any of those outcomes. He has to do what's right for the organization if and when it even happens. So I think that's, that's kind of how we think about it. And again, in that situation, it's one day at a time. Those guys are, you know, committed to Friday night's game. They're, they're playing one game at a time and they're, they're great competitors and leaders on the team right now. And we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Uh, this offseason late, you guys were throwing a bit of a curveball when Eddie Olchek decided to walk away from the organization. And I know that Eddie's had his chance to speak and, and say his side of the story. And the Blackhawks have issued their statements and, and said their piece. But if, I wanted to just give you the opportunity to kind of reiterate those statements or clear the air or whatever you want to, however you want to address that. I know it's it's complicated. I know there's a lot of emotion tied to it from from you guys and from the fans and from Eddie and everybody, but we want to give you the opportunity to address the Eddie Olchek situation. Yeah. I mean, I, I, we were, we will still, we were blindsided by the decision. I, I will say all along when we were thinking about what this broadcast team was going to look like over the future, we, the one thing we weren't worried about was Eddie Olchek being part of it. So we built almost a team around him, right? I think part of the reason Chris came was because he was going to be mentored by Eddie Olchek. So we fully intended him to be here. Um, I think we're really disappointed at the time how, I think we were more disappointed with how it went down, but I think we fully respect his decision to do what's right for him. At the end of the day, we, we want, he, he's loved by this organization. He will continue to be loved by this organization. Um, and we want what's best for him. And um, I, you know, we just saw him the other day in Colorado. We got to spend some time with him. He's going to be back in the building on Sunday. I mean, for us, look, he's Blackhawk for, Blackhawk for life. Doesn't matter where he's calling the game. We wish it was he was calling for us, but he's not. Um, but we're going to welcome him back into this building. Our fans, I think, will be super excited. They'll they'll actually see him a couple times throughout the season here with some different things we've got going on. Um, so yeah, it was a blip. We we wish it hadn't happened that way, but it did. However, I will say, like, we're really thrilled with the team that we have. I mean, quite honestly, Troy getting to move into the booth, he, he is better than I even thought he was. I mean, I knew how great he was, but just giving him the ability to flourish on TV, the amount of mentorship he's given to Chris mm -hmm. is awesome, um, as well as to everybody else on the broadcast team, quite honestly. Troy is at everything. That guy is putting in the work. Um, he always has. And I'm just more visible to it now um, that we're out of COVID and we can actually all be around one another. So he's been amazing. And then bringing Sharpie in, like that guy's a natural. Um, he's fun to be around. He knows the team really well. They're going to be really honest about what they see on the ice, I think. Uh, so it's, I think it's a, a great group. And then you round it out with Kaylee 
and Scott coming to studio and, and Colby, I think we're really lucky to have a, a group of diverse voices to talk about what's happening on and off the ice. Um, so we're, we're thrilled at, at where we are right now. Um, and our fans, I think, are really happy as well. Mm-hmm. So they've, we've got a couple of games under our belt now. They seem to be really thrilled with, with who's in the booth. So, you know, hopefully, hopefully we recovered and, and delivered what they wanted. Do you want to follow up um, about Patrick Sharp and, and Troy Murray kind of splitting the, the, the TV duties? Is there a long-term contingency plan for I- either Patrick being more of a full-time guy after this season, or is is it kind of just a you guys were throwing a curveball in the summer and kind of just had to piece together something for this year? I mean, we were already talking to Sharpie about doing studio work for us. We knew he couldn't commit full-time. He is super hands-on dad right now. And um, and wanted to prioritize that, obviously, you know, after a long playing career and being on the road. Um, And so when this opportunity came up and we asked him to shift, as long as we could help him balance what was important to him, he was happy to jump in. Um, And then Troy, I think, you know, has been great. He will do as many games as we want him to do. We also have to remember we have an incredible um, fan base that listens on the radio so we had to be really careful about how much we pulled him off radio because that's where they, in, including fans that watch on TV or are in venue and then leave and listen to the radio on the way home to finish out the game. So we wanted to be respectful of that fan base as well. Um, I think they're doing great. If we went into the next couple of years where they split duties, I think they would be happy. I think our fan base would be happy. I think we'd be serving all the different fan bases that are tuning in and listening in different ways. Um, but we'll see. We're early. Everything's early. We'll see how everybody feels um, after we get through this stretch. One thing that's kind of ever-present in uh, today's climate is um, sports logos and sports team names and uh, the Blackhawks front and center with a Native American image as their logo. Um, the team has done in my opinion, a fantastic job with the Native American initiatives and um, amplifying those voices. And it seems to be more than just, you know, uh, ceremonial, right? It seems to be, there's a real commitment from the organization um, to that cause. But I think a lot of fans want to know, what is the future of the logo? Um, is there, you know, has there been pressure to remove it um, from anywhere and, and, you know, can Hawks fans expect for the uh, the 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 current logo to remain? I think. Uh, thank you for saying that. I think we've been working really hard over the last two years to first and primarily just learn. Right there's there's so much learning that needs to happen as it relates to um, both historical Native American issues as well as uh, the issues that are alive and well in the community and across the world um, today in Indigenous communities. Um, I think also for us, you know, bringing greater meaning to the namesake and to what we represent as a team. Um, you know, it was really clear that, it, you know, um, our jersey and, and, um, and namesake always has been revered by our fans, right? It's referred to as the best jersey in sports. And, but I don't know that it ever had the meaning behind it to really associate with the man with the war leader Blackhawk. And so the deeper we've gotten in our relationship with the Sac and Fox Nation, um, the more we have learned and gone on that journey, I think it continues to add a lot of value to who we are as an organization, adds greater meaning to the namesake. And so I think it's actually um, moving us in dimensions that I think, I don't know if a lot of sports teams have really done to really um, use um, our namesake um, and Blackhawk to actually be a platform to advance learning um, to advance greater understanding. 
Um, as recent as yesterday, we had members from SAC and Fox in our locker room with our players um, and our coaching staff to talk about the jersey that they put on and how proud they are to wear it from an NHL standpoint, but that it actually has that greater meaning. And I think to hear the feedback from our players, to hear the curiosity from our players, I mean, it was tremendously inspiring for what's possible, you know, to take 18-year-old kids from around the world who have no uh, historical understanding of, of who Blackhawk was and to start to put that, that education in place. That's just a small step, and that's just with the team. You think about it with our staff. You know, we're down in Oklahoma on a monthly basis at this point. Um, I'm down there a couple times a year. Um, it, is, it is a very deep commitment that will continue to be a big piece of who we are as an organization. So we're actually, you know, proud and excited about the possibilities. It's just such a fascinating angle, and it's it's something that it it, it has seemed to be kind of ever present, mm -hmm. and um, I think if I'm if I'm gonna play devil's advocate here, I would say that that history could remain to be taught without the logo, mm -hmm. right? The team name can still be Black Hawks or split it up or whatever, and you can still teach that history, but is the logo necessary to that history? And I think I love it. Right. I've got it all over my house. It's I have several jerseys from when I was a teenager, but it's not my decision to make. Right. It's not it's not me to decide whether or not it offends. So I think if people watching this might be thinking, well, that's all well and good. But can't those same lessons be taught without the representation on a, on a jersey or on the on center ice? Yeah, I mean, I think, look, the, the relationship with Sack and Fox is is always evolving. Um, our work with them has been led by them. So their priorities are, we support their priorities. We're not in there with our agenda and this is what we want to do. And, and quite frankly, the, the priorities for the tribe um, are way beyond what happens here at Chicago and the hockey team. I mean, they are dealing with, you know, very serious uh, issues as it relates to health, education, cultural preservation. I mean, these are their priorities. Mm -hmm. And so it's important for our work to sort of center around those priorities. And, um, you know, and our dialogue will continue as to, to what that looks like as it relates to um, anything, you know, based here in Chicago and, and with our um, with our namesake. But, um, you know, it's a fair point. And, you know, this work also is not it's not a binary right, wrong, perfect or, mm -hmm. or, 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 or a failure. It is it operates in a space where we understand there's there's difference of opinion. We're we're comfortable with that. We respect that. And um, we just try to be on the right side and try to do the best we can while we're in this relationship of, of learning and development. Uh, the NHL published its um, report on diversity and inclusion yesterday. Uh, I just want to see if you guys had anything to add. I know you mentioned the diversity of the broadcast team, bringing in Kaylee Chelios and people from all different walks of life and things like that. But uh, anything you want to add to from an individual uh, organization level? to that anything you want to add about what you what the Blackhawks are doing in terms of diversity and inclusion well the first off um, I'm, I'm proud of the league for sort of stepping up and, and being transparent about and clearly that report is a baseline you know it is a step one to identify where we're starting from which I don't think anybody at the league and is is comfortable with that being the end it's really the start and um, I think the work being done by Kim Davis and her team has been really helpful at the league level and also in partnership with the clubs to really understand the dimensions and how we need to be thinking about DEI as a hockey club. Um, I can tell you at the Blackhawks, we have, we have mirrored those efforts. Uh, over the last two years, we have become a more diverse organization. Um, we have um, 
we have hired across the board uh, more women into leadership roles, uh, more people of color within the organization. Um, I was joking earlier, you know, it, it's, it's, it's inspiring to be sometimes the only male in a room in a hockey <laughs> team. And that happens a lot. And uh, that's a good sign because um, it's been the other way around for a long time, if there were any women at all. So we know there's a lot of work to do. We're committed as an organization. It's not something that just sits in HR. It's something that is, there's a commitment at the top across all of our leadership team, hockey and business. And it takes form in a lot of different ways, both culturally, procedurally, and how we show up in the community. So um, I think you'll see more and more from us as we go forward, mirroring the efforts that you saw from the report. Anything else you'd offer? I mean, I would just say like, there, there's a lot of work to do. Mm-hmm. But I think we're aware of that. I think for those of us who, female, people of color, I think we feel more obligation to and more responsibility to make sure we do the right things while we have, we're in these roles and we have the ability to do so. I'm, I'm really proud of the work that we've done here. We were laughing that a number of times he is or Kyle is the only guy in the room. Um, and, you know, we're going we're gonna to keep pushing that. There's, a, there's an incredible amount of talent in the world. And our job is to bring the best talent here so that every day we are creating better experiences for our fans, whether that's on the ice or off the ice. Whether that talent is coming from in hockey, in sports, outside of sports, um, from Chicago, outside of Chicago. Um, We need people that speak multiple languages. We need people that have had multiple experiences. Um, So for us, we look at diversity from a wide lens um, far, far beyond just the, some of the stats, I think, that are normally reported for organizations. That's really what's going to help us be a best-in-class organization, create the best experiences for our fans, create the best locker room. So um, it's something I know we take very seriously, and I personally take very seriously every day. Uh, just to follow up with that, I know there's uh, you guys talked about honoring past players that have you know, been part of the team. Um, I know it's not a, affiliated with the NHL, but the Hockey Diversity Alliance is chaired by Akeem Alou, and there's a couple former players uh, on that alliance. Have there been any discussions with him or, or, or that group regarding diversity and inclusion being involved with them at all? Um, you know, they are obviously doing tremendous work, and they have really brought, you know, the issues of diversity and inclusion, you know, front and center. Um, you know, I think conversations between the league and them is kind of we're, we're taking the taking the lead from the league in terms of how that partnership is formalized. But look, there's there's a lot of grassroots organizations doing good work. There's a lot of people that are, I think, now entering this conversation, which is a good thing for the sport. And so um, we are very interested in, and excited to participate with a lot of organizations, both locally and nationally and internationally, uh, because it's going to take it's going to take a collaborative effort to, to improve. All right, last question we have. You've been so generous with your time. Thank you so much. Uh, We're going to see the reverse retro jerseys tomorrow. Um, We have seen some rumors. The question is, how involved are you as an organization in those decisions and the designing of these concept jerseys or these alternate jerseys? Do you have a lot of say, or is it Adiza saying, here's three ideas, pick one? How does that work? Well, they started with, here are three ideas, pick one. (laughs) And we said, I don't know if that's going to work for us. Um, So it's definitely a partnership in collaboration with Adidas, who are, you know, great partners. Um, And we have a lot to work from with our history. Uh, At the same time, we don't want to be repeating things that that people have seen. 
Um, so we're trying to be creative with retro. Uh, so yeah, we were, this was, a, I would say, a group effort with us and Adidas to, to design it. Um, the funny thing is, I was telling Danny, um, once they started talking about retro, obviously our people are talking about, you know, their opinions on what it should be. But mm -hmm. overwhelmingly, the thing that I've read and I have fans tell me is they all want the black jersey to come back. Um, so we are thinking, <laughs> raising your hand, yeah. <laughs> um, you would second, third, fourth that. Um, so we're actually thinking about it collectively, right? Over the next several years, what do we, the, the retro program, our understanding today is this will be the last year of it, but what are we gonna do for third jerseys and alternate jerseys? Um, how do we really take this brand to the next level? How do we give fans what they want? Black jersey. So we're contemplating <laughs> all of those things as we decide, well, what goes into retro and how do we roll out uh, alternate jerseys in the future? All right, as the old guy in the panel, I'm gonna vote for the barber pole. Uh, the red and black stripes. Love that one. From the seventh anniversary yeah. year, that was great. What Those I love is that people are pretty passionate about the jersey style <laughs> that they like the most, the jersey color that they like the most. I mean, there's no doubt we have we, we have some of the most passionate fans, probably in sports, uh, who are not afraid to share their opinions with us. So, you know, it's on us just to figure out how to deliver that for them. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it, uh, Jamie Faulkner and Danny Wirtz, and for John Steinmiller and Lindsay Strooper helping set it up. Um, so generous with your time, and uh, thanks. We appreciate it, guys. Anytime you want to talk to us, yeah. we're available. Well, I know you're right down the street. We'll, and, uh, we'll saddle up on yeah. the couch and uh, and make it happen. Talk hockey. You got Anytime. It. Yep. Great. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. All right, that was uh, Jamie Faulkner and Danny Wirtz. That was earlier today. Uh, good stuff, lots in there, and if you're a fan of the black jersey, I think uh, in a year or so, you're going to be pretty satisfied. Yeah, you read between the lines. It, it certainly sounds like the the black jersey's coming back, which is awesome news. I feel like that kind of, for some for a while, like went out of date, looked a little out of fashion, and it's, it's back. The '90s are back. The it's time to bring. Yeah, the '90s, the 90s are are very yeah. much back. The uh, the 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 youth of today looks like the youth of 1994 again. Get with, your own styles. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of it has to do with, <laughs> you were seeing a lot of the 90s stuff comes back is because those of us that grew up in the 90s are now at the age where we have disposable income and want to get all the stuff we couldn't get as kids because our parents yeah. wouldn't get it for us. Now we have our own money to own it, and we want it. So mm -hmm. that's probably a lot to do with that too. Uh, yeah, and if you go back and watch that on YouTube, when I said to Jamie, uh, we've seen some concepts, she kind of like, she kind of cringed. Both, both her and Danny were like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't do that. My impression is that they have very little say yeah. on how these things look. I mean, I'm sure they have, like she said, they gave them a few concepts and said, choose one. So I, I think the Hawks have less input mm -hmm. on those things than we thought. And I'll say less input than they should. Whoever the next jersey provider is for the NHL when the Adidas deal expires after next season it should be stipulated that teams have input on mm -hmm. any alternative designs because most of them have been pretty good. Yeah. I even enjoyed the last Hawks reverse retro. You yeah. know, it didn't look like anything they'd ever worn before. It looked like the NHL 94 jersey. It looked like um, the Chicago Steel jersey. It was still cool, though. <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah. If something flat out sucks, they should be able to say absolutely not. Mm -hmm. I mean, the way that, that she was talked about it made it sound like they may have been presented with three really bad designs and... They might have just gone with the, the least, the sucky, least of sucky of them. Um, yeah, I mean, we, we talked about it over the summer about the uh, potential reverse retro design. And uh, the three of us were like, that can't be it. 
And it looks like that's it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, as, as Corey said in, in the chat here, uh, reminding us that the, there was a teaser video earlier today that showed literally nothing. Uh, well, you can't even call that a teaser video. It was just it like, hey, nothing. hey, just remember <laughs> the reverse the retros are, are coming out soon. Yeah. Um, apparently, in the next couple of minutes, we should get the actual, maybe a little bit of a glance of the jersey yeah. teaser. We can all so, react together. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll 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 see what that is. But um, yeah, if 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 the uh, if the rumors are true, it uh, I I I can't think of a person who would shell out $200 (laughs) to wear that Jersey. Uh, It's just bad. It's rough. It's just bad. As I've mentioned in our, our off the air chats, if, if it it is that Jersey that got leaked and it probably will be, it looks like something you would buy at an O'Hare airport gift store. That so you Mm -hmm. can tell everybody you've been to Chicago. Like I, I I had a two hour layover in Chicago and all I have to show for it is this crappy (laughs) t-shirt that says Chicago. The, 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 Example you you said uh, earlier oh, today, where it's, it's it looks like a Blackhawks jersey that you buy at at the Jules checkout line. Yeah, the Jules, like, I, hey, I was like, look at this nine dollar Blackhawks jersey. I was oh. like, oh my god, absolutely, that's what it looks like. Yeah, it's a sh- Chicago professional hockey jersey. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Uh, we got a couple comments during the interview uh, that I wanted to address. Uh, the first one from Joel. He says, "What was it about DeBrinket that didn't fit the rebuild money or skill set?" We did not ask about players roster and decisions. roster moves because it's not really their department. Right. When no. we have Kyle Davidson, we'll ask. Yes, mm-hmm. when Kyle Davidson's on the show, and hopefully that will happen uh, soon or at some point this season, we'll get into more of the roster decisions there. And I, I wanted to make sure that they had the chance to clarify how the structure of things works. I don't know if I'm fully 100% believing that Kyle has full autonomy and everything. I think if he's going to trade Patrick Kane, there needs to be a discussion with at least in their mind, with Danny and Jamie and Rocky. And I do think when you're talking about a move that big, yeah. yes, there needs to be a whole plan about how are we going to announce this? What is the right way to write the press release? Mm-hmm. What do we do on social media? Like there's a whole chain of command that falls into a trade like that. If you're trading, uh, you know, a Dylan Secura for a fourth round pick, okay, that doesn't need a whole business plan behind it. But the bigger moves, moving Kane, moving Taves, the Brinkett before, those things do take sort of a, a team attack on how to best present those things. So yeah, I don't think there's any scenario in which Kyle Davidson makes a decision and it's news to the to right. the ownership group and yes. to the to the front office. But it, it does feel like there's not flat out tampering with the plan, and I think no. it, especially late in the McDonough era, uh, it was pretty clear that he had his hands in the hockey stuff a little bit too much, mm-hmm. and that from what I understand, and this is just from a couple sources that like El McIsaac was his henchman. He was the guy who was in and like listening to everything and kind of, and he was like the informant. Sure. I believe uh, the, the use a pro wrestling term. He was his stooge. 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 Yeah. Stooge. He sure. was the guy that ran back and told the boss everything. Yeah. yeah right. Uh, the other comment we want to address is from TJ. Hello. Hello, TJ. Hello. He says, after hearing about Alou and beach, I would say that the, we have not honored chief Blackhawks legacy. We learned today Blackhawk was not a chief. Never a chief. Yeah. Never war, a chief. Never he is a, a war leader. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was. He is and never was chief Blackhawk. Yeah. So that's an important distinction. Uh, I agree with what you're saying, but as we said earlier, all the people involved in decision-making at that point have been removed in one way or another. So the leadership, again, aside from Rocky, who you, you can't fire the owner. Mm-hmm. We've learned this through... 
Dan Snyder and Jerry Jones and whoever else you want to talk about. You know, <coughs> Virginia time. McCaskey. Sorry. Right. And I, look, cough. not to say that, whatever, we're, we're, we're comparing different things, but, um, you know, it, it, you, it's very, very hard to remove an owner. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think otherwise the organization has done a pretty good job of distancing themselves from all the people that had difference-making involvement right. during the Kyle Beach situation. And the Alu thing happened in, in Rockford. Not not excusing it, but right, it is what it is. Yeah, and and I, you know, when 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 you brought up the the diversity and, and inclusion report, um, I know the uh, someone that we've talked about having on the show before, Ian Kennedy, um, had a lot of different thoughts uh, regarding the diversity and inclusion report. Um, it's available for the public to view, uh, released by the NHL uh, PA, so you can go in and look at all the information there. But um, I, I wanted to, to ask about any conversations that the team has had with the Hockey Diversity Alliance, uh, which is chaired by Akeem Alou, um, because he has been vocal about the lack of communication that he's had with the Blackhawks regarding um, what happened you know, to him during his playing career and, uh, and, and everything that goes along with that. Um, it seems like that is not, uh, not in the plans with the Blackhawks right now, um, and they are as Danny said in the interview, taking the, the league's lead on communication with, with the Hockey Diversity Alliance, which currently is no, uh, no ties together. So, um, But again, that's, that's something that will continue to play out. But th- I think the discussion re- regarding the, the, the logo and um, what the Blackhawks are doing with their uh, initiatives to, to support uh, the, the the Chicagoland tribes and, and, and everything I think was very interesting to hear. Um, it definitely seems like the investment is coming from the team in a genuine way to, uh, as, as Danny and Jamie said, to educate the fans and, and the team and the players uh, about, you know, the history of, of, of Blackhawk and, and, and his legacy and, and what he, what he meant um and, 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 and why, you know, that is important to have and not just to say, oh, well, it's just, we just made it a logo. Like, no, like they're really diving into that history lesson. And I think that that's, um, that's a good thing to do. And, um, yeah, I think, I think that that's, that's coming from a, a genuine, uh, place from the organization standpoint to, to want to build that relationship back up and make it, um, you know, make it a, a, a good thing. That, that's all I want from this franchise, this leadership group, not only just for the, for the logo, but for any decision they do, just make it a well-informed, well-researched decision. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's what they're doing well with this. They are, they are doing their best to, to kind of maybe become uh, a part of the community. You know, they, they've, they've stated that, you know, they're, 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 taking trips down and spending time with them and, and learning more about what faces their community on a daily level, not just, you know, the, 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 lo- the Blackhawks logo is, is probably 50th or 60th on the list of things that, you know, the, the Native American community is really worried about these mm-hmm. days. But just make a well-informed decision. Don't just knee-jerk. Don't just you know, bow down to one side of the argument or the other, just to whatever decision is going to make us look best. Let's roll with that. Yeah. They're making their, they're putting their time in on this. And I think the way they're going to handle it going forward is, is uh, it's well-researched 
and it's it may not make everybody happy, but no matter what decision they make, it's not going to make everybody happy. So do what you think is best for the community that it affects. Not yeah. not Bob from Cicero yelling, you know, in our chat. You know, let's do what's best for the people that it actually affects. Well, and that's look, not any of us. Sure, and and on that front, for a long time, I have thought they should change it. And based on things I've heard from then, from them on the record, from stuff I've heard off the record, from stuff I've heard from other sources, I've sort of changed my mind on that a little bit. I think that, you know, what they said in the interview is true, that the, the actual people we're discussing here, the Native Americans have so many bigger problems than the logo that the Hawks are actually helping to address. Mm-hmm. And in doing so with, let's be frank, financial support to these communities, which the Blackhawks are giving, not only, you know, here's some money, which is the easiest way to do it, which they are, but amplifying the voices, telling the story, the land acknowledgement, all these things matter, mm-hmm. right? And if, if, if the people in the Fox and Sac Nations are not saying, we want to change, fine, right? right? And, if, it's, and if, if in their minds it is keeping... Black Hawk's name front and center, keeping it in the consciousness of people in Chicago, then maybe it's a good thing. I don't know. Again, it's not my place to to say yes or no. It's our place, all of us, to listen mm-hmm. to what people are saying. And if people are saying it's not a problem, I'm not going to say to them, yes, it is. You're lying. You're right. saying it's not a problem because you're getting money. No, I'm going to listen to what the people are saying. And until they say otherwise, okay. Yeah. Right. I, I, I just, you know, there just has not been this outcry from anyone other than the people it's not affecting. Really. Yeah. Yeah. So let's address the, the real problems. And they are myriad mm-hmm. that the Native American community is suffering from from years and years and years of oppression and broken promises and on and on and on. You can understand why this little logo is so unimportant to them. Yeah. yeah. Right. And so let's address the important things making, first tremendous effort you mentioned the the land acknowledgement i was super impressed i get tears in my eyes every time i love it but i was even more impressed when they did it before the milwaukee game and made it unique to that area yeah yeah that was awesome really cool cool touch it shows you it's not just copy paste right Mm -hmm. it's there it's important to them it's important to danny the way way he was talking about it when we talked to him today and we talked a little bit more about him after the camera went off he's passionate about it there's no doubt about he's not faking it right Uh, he's he's sincere when he when he's talking about that and that's all i ask when it comes to any situation like that that's controversial or you know it, it could be taken in any way any kind of context just be sincere on your stance and go with it. I think that's a that's a big thing with with the team now is that they're not just kind of speaking through statements. It really feels like they're speaking in a genuine way and I think that that's that's refreshing. And for all the uh, problems that the organization has faced on and off the ice in the last handful of years, um, it is it's just it's just it just sits better with me to hear someone speaking with a little bit more sincerity from from a more genuine place 
um, like like Danny does uh, when when we've had conversations with him, and like Jamie does the, as well. The transparency, there's there's, a, there's an effort to be transparent. Yeah, we never would have gotten this kind of conversation with John McDonough. No, oh my or, god, or anybody no. of that old regime. Never. They they weren't even letting us. They were not even letting us have access to games, let alone mm-hmm. this type of interview. So the their efforts to be transparent and to be honest are sincere. Yeah, whether you, it's, it's up to you guys to believe it or not. I don't think it's just lip service when it comes to these topics. It's and, and that's I, I can very mad respect for that. Yeah, I, I really appreciate how they're handling some of these things. And I know it, it can be for people watching this. They could be saying like, "Well, they're they're just talking nice about the Hawks because they're getting this access." And I can understand why you would feel that way. Um, it's it's a fair, it might be slightly cynical, but it is a fair thing to think. But I'll say we had the opportunity to meet Danny. Uh, and Jamie off the record in a very casual setting last season. And I get the vibes from both of them that they're just kind of down to earth people that get it. Like, I think Danny words gets it. Mm -hmm. You know, he understands like it is a real, like it's a really difficult thing to do. Like, just think about today for the Blackhawks, right? Just today practice with the team. They've got the reverse retros coming out. They led a tour of the United center, uh, showing all the new uh, amenities, the new food items they have there. Uh, they already say the reverse retro happening yeah. today. Like, mm-hmm. All this stuff is happening today. Tomorrow is another day like that. There is a ton to handle and a ton to manage. And I really think that that Danny and Jamie and, and from our limited uh, interactions with uh, Kyle Davidson too, they seem to get it. I, I feel like the last regime felt they were here mm-hmm. yeah. and everybody else was down here. I do not get that feeling from this regime yeah. at all. I mean, Danny, yeah. Danny was liking some of my Riot Fest tweets a few <laughs> yeah. weeks ago. I'd get a notification. Right, right, right. I'd post yeah. a video of a band, and, and then I get a notification. Danny Wirtz liked your tweet. I'm like, which one? I didn't tweet anything <laughs> about the Blackhawks today. Yeah. Like, oh wait, he's uh, he's uh, rolling with uh, my Riot Fest video. Yeah. So, yeah, John McDonough never liked a Riot Fest video. So, well, and, you know, and I think too, and I'll, I think to that point, <laughs> that's good. Um, I think to that to the point is. I think I could speak for the, th- the three of us, whether or not we had this kind of access now, or if we weren't having access, we would speak about the Blackhawks the exact same way. Absolutely. Yeah. Because we we flat out, by the way, we flat out told them that like, yeah. Hey, we appreciate all this, but we can't, we're not going to be spokesmen for the team. Exactly. You know? and, and, and they don't want us to be. No. And, and, and I, I think, you know, with, different outlets that, that we have been, been with before, uh, coming, coming here, uh, especially with everything that was going on this time last year, I think we were all very brutally honest about the situation and, and, and what needed to happen. And I think if, if, if we were here when that was going on, it would have been the exact same way. And, and so I think it's, it's great that we're getting this access. And I think it's, it's great that we're able to, um, you know, prov- provide this for, you know, the, the CHGO viewership and, and, and people that, you know, really connect with this team. We're able to kind of be the 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 conductors of that of that you know fan energy. So I, I'm I'm appreciative of the Blackhawks giving us that that access, and I'm appreciative of everyone that's tuning in and, and enjoying it. Yeah, real quick, I want to get to a super chat that we have. Uh, this from Alton V. He says, "Excited for the reverse retro reveals. The Hawks have not dropped theirs yet. We're waiting." Yeah, it doesn't seem like any of them are happening currently. Well, I saw I saw the Islanders one. Um, a screenshot, and they're still not showing much. So I don't. I wouldn't get. I wouldn't get too excited about yeah. what we're what we're gonna they're find gonna out. Show so. you like 
half of the elbow. <laughs> hey, there's going to be red in it. Cool. That's a separate. Yeah, Ooh, and black. Ooh. Oh, am I seeing hints of white? Wow. Yeah. Well, you know, if you're if you're if you're hoping that the Blackhawks uh, reverse retro looks good, I really don't know what to tell you. But if you want to look good out there on the golf course, my friends, uh, get yourself some pins and aces apparel. They are the official golf apparel partner of CHGO and the presenting sponsor for the Big Drive Energy Golf Podcast on the All City Network. And uh, they have some of the best golf gear around. They're a family-owned golf and apparel business, which is great. Love to see that. Making amazing polos, hats, golf bags, even a beer sleeve that goes right in there in your bag that can fit up to seven of your favorite beers and keep them cold during the entire round which is fantastic. Uh, if you love golf polos, if you love to wear them at the office, uh, it's a good time to, to get them now. If you want to wear them out on the course and brave these, uh, these chilling conditions that we are experiencing now in Chicago, uh, be my guest. But you're going to look good either way with some Pins and Aces apparel. Uh, go to pinsandaces.com to find all of their great apparel. And when you do, use the promo code CHGO. You're going to receive 15% off of your first order. And get free shipping again. That's pinsandaces.com, promo code CHGO. It's also tailgate season, and we're going to have another one of our big yeah. CHGO tailgates yeah, on November sir. 6th from 8 a.m. to noon over at the corner of Roosevelt in Michigan. Check us out. Go to allchicago.com all and get your tickets. The Chicago versus Miami professional football tilt. Uh, and you know what we're going to have at our tailgate besides beer until your heart is content, and food. <laughs> we're going to have our awesome Chi-Town Cornhole boxes yeah. there, and we're going to be playing some cornhole. And if you want to get your own custom-made, just amazing cornhole boxes, check out our friends at Chi-Town Custom Cornhole, the number one cornhole provider for Chicagoland and Illinois since 2007. Their signature box-style design can be digitally printed, covered in vinyl, and painted. Their cornhole bo boards come with built-in drink holders, perfect for a tailgate, mm. Recess, uh, that are recessed in the back, LED lights that light up the hole in case you can't find it in the dark, and yeah. exterior handles for easy carrying and handcrafted scorekeepers. So you don't even have to keep score in your head. Just use the little abacus yeah, thing on the back. it's usually hard to do. They are veteran-owned veteran and operated. They can ship anywhere and also offer local pickups for those of you here in the Chicagoland area. They specialize in corporate designs for your company's next marketing or social event, wedding gifts, and gifts for all occasions, especially for tailgaters and backyard barbecues. So go check out their website, ShyTownCornhole.com. And please do us a favor, follow them over on Instagram at Shytown Custom Cornhole Boards. Yeah, they're very, very sweet. Speaking of veterans, I want to mention this. Uh, my Uncle Fran, my godfather, is uh, on the honor flight today. Nice. Uh, he should be heading home soon, actually, but he was flown to D.C. this morning. He's a Vietnam veteran, multiple Purple Hearts, so uh, looking forward to celebrating with him when he gets back. Uh, should be a really a really special time for him. Uh, he was supposed to go right before COVID, mm. and then, of course, it got canceled, and this is the last one of the year today. Uh, it's the last Chicago Honor Flight, so my Uncle Fran's on there with, awesome. I think, 140 other veterans. From uh, There's a guy from World War II. 98 years old Whoa. on the trip this time, wow. so uh, pretty amazing. That's so incredible. I'll maybe I'll fill in some details about the the return one on tomorrow's show. Um, but with that, I think we're out of time. We got to wrap things up. Uh, that show went fast. It's like we had like a half hour break in the middle. I don't know yeah. what happened. <laughs> Could have joined uh, shirtless uh, dark guy yeah. for a cigarette yeah. there. But, yeah. uh, he hasn't been out in the last few no, days. I'm starting. Yeah, it's worried. getting cold. 
Getting cold. Yeah, He's going to be a hoodie shirt. Gonna have, hoodie dart guy. Gonna have to send him a CHGO hoodie. Yeah. That's a, oh, yeah. Get yourself a CHGO hoodie. That's for damn sure. Um, I want to give special thanks today, by the way, uh, to Jake Flanagan and to Steven uh, for producing the video. It took a lot. It takes time to turn these things around. We wrapped up that thing around what? 1230. 12.30. And to have it ready for yeah. the show, you got to sync up the audio and the video. There's a lot of work that goes into that. So thank you to them for their extra help uh, to make that interview happen today. Thank you, obviously, to the Blackhawks for making it happen. And uh, we still have no reverse retro jerseys. I think they're waiting for us to sign off yeah. to post this. Uh, so I'm just going to say they suck. Ah. <laughs> That's ah, safe they're poor. <laughs> poor design. All right. Well, we'll have more tomorrow on the show, and we'll be with you at 2.30. So uh, for Greg and Mario, I'm Jay. This has been the CHGO Blackhawks podcast.